Good morning, afternoon, evening, or night. Welcome to the Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast, where all your dreams come true, and you listen to dudes and chicks talk about stuff like coffee. Hey, I just want to welcome you guys all back to the show. We're going to get into part two with Sam Lewontin of Everyman Espresso in New York. It was really great to have him on the show, and uh, we're going to jump back in right where we left off. And at the end, I'll give you a couple updates, because you know what? I'm smooth like that and buttery like sauce. Well, see you later. <laughs> what keeps you going? You you know, you've been in... Well, let's let's talk about what keeps you going in competition, because there's probably a whole different story about what keeps you going in coffee in general, but you've done consistently really well year after year. What's what's your motivation every year when you're preparing for this stuff? Oh, man. Uh, it changes a little bit every year, to be honest, uh, just because the the experience of competing changes so much every time you do it. So, you know, having competed last year and having had the experiences that I had competing last year colors competition in a whole new light. Um, A lot of it is just I really enjoy a challenge and there's no stiffer challenge than standing up there in front of a panel of judges and having to really put your money where your mouth is. Um, It really encourages and demands a level of work that you very rarely have sort of externally required of you in any other circumstance. Uh, not to say that you don't want to be operating on the highest possible level at all times, but that that level of judgment is just really intense and it definitely forces you to be so much better. Um, it forces you to be so much more aware and so much smarter about your choices uh, and so much more specific about your choices as a barista. Um, so that definitely, every year when I start doing it, I'm reminded of that. I'm reminded, oh yeah, there's all of these parts of my process that are honestly right now kind of crap that I should probably you know, get way better at before I take this routine and, and go on stage with it. I um, vibe that so hard, man. I think that's just, it's such a good exercise in when you do that and you go through it, it honestly like it opens the window when you when you walk out of that competition whether you won or lost you walk out of that competition well lost is the wrong word but whether you, you took right yeah whether you took the cake or you know wherever yeah. you landed you walk out of there and you start looking at everything you do in coffee at that same level and yeah it, you know you grow a lot absolutely i have said this to a lot of people i honestly recommend that if it's in your power to do so, everybody should do barista competition. Every barista should compete. Um, I know that I did not have a great year my first year competing, and very I know very few people have an awesome year their first year competing, but like I'm sort of looking back on it and going, wow, that was really a catastrophe. Um, uh, but I came out of that 10 times the barista that I went into it as. And obviously, I mean, I still have so much to learn and there's still so much work to be done in improving process and improving my ability to deliver on the promise of the kinds of coffees that I'm lucky enough to work with. Uh, So every time I come out of it, I'm like, oh, wow, there's so much that I know now that I just would never have thought of before. Um, So that's huge. Uh, The other part about it is, Honestly, there is no adrenaline rush even remotely like it. Right? So uh, true. It's so intense. I love it. Oh, <laughs> There's man. nothing like it. Uh, just because the, I mean, 
there's no margin for error. You go up there and you have 15 minutes and you just have to be right. Um, That's so true. It's so intense and it's so gratifying to go up there and, you know, even have nailed some of it to walk off the stage and be like, okay, that part went really well. Like I did that, like you always, you walk off stage and go, okay, well, you know, my shots didn't go exactly how I wanted them to in this way and this way and this way. And this happened with my milk texture. And I don't know, maybe it's going to be okay. And like, here's this little thing that I did wrong in my SIGBEV and oh God, they're going to knock me a million points for that. <laughs> you know, that's all that goes through your mind when you walk off stage. But when you're up there doing it, that perfect focus and that insane level of adrenaline is just, yeah, there's nothing else that even remotely compares to it. Do you do any other stage work? You know, do you do any acting or anything? It's been a really long time. I studied acting in college. Um, interesting side story. Um, uh, uh, Devora Froelich. Right. Uh, I met... Uh, in the theater program at North Seattle Community College years before either of us were ever in coffee. Uh, <laughs> no shit. Uh, so it was, there was this wonderful moment where we had lost touch, you know, some years ago, and I showed up at the Northeast Regional uh, Barista Competition in 2011, and she was there supporting the team from Gimme, and I sort of heard her voice across the room. It was like, wait a minute, is that... Oh my God. And, uh, yeah. So, whoa. So, so yeah, so I did theater a long time ago. Um, and, uh, a lot of the lessons that I learned from doing theater, I have been able to carry into competing a lot of ideas about how to structure training, um, and what to expect from the training process come out of learning rehearsal process um, and a lot of ideas about what to expect from competition day and what to expect is going to go on in your brain and going to go on with your body when you're on stage uh, also come out of learning how to deal with that kind of adrenaline and that kind of work uh, in the context of live theater. Yeah, I could kind of get that vibe from watching you. So everybody, there's a ton of performances that are amazing. But the ones that I appreciate the most are ones that have really clear, concise communication and are really well-structured so that anybody can understand them. And right. you always have those performances for me <clears throat> where you go and I can be like, okay, I totally get what he's talking about. It's not like this weird ethereal thing or I don't have to stretch my brain to get it. And that's so clutch because you've got 15 minutes to make the judges and the world kind of understand what are you doing there? But I kind of had this vibe sure. that you had some kind of theater-ish or stage background. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I will say uh, it's interesting because, and I'm, I'm glad that that carries. Uh, we definitely worked very hard on that. We only spent a lot of time polishing the script and polishing the structure of the presentation to try and communicate whatever point I'm making as, as clearly as possible. And I'm really glad that 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 shows up because you can never tell when you're inside it. You, know, you get up and you come off stage and you're like, I don't even know what I just said, man. I'm pretty sure I said all the things that I had to say, but like um, someone's going to like come back and be like, Oh man, you said this thing. I'll be like, wait, I, I put that that way. Oh man. All right, cool. <laughs> Did I hear Niner in there? <laughs> wait, are you sure? Um, but uh, uh, that interestingly enough, that comes less 
from theater specifically because like when you're doing theater someone else has written a script like your the words are not yours um and that comes from a lot of uh comes a lot from weirdly from writing essays in college and it comes a lot from just having done it and having been fortunate enough to have people sitting on the other side of the judges table during run-throughs and in competition who you know listened to my routine and went okay so uh, that thing that you said made sense and that thing that you said made sense, but the broader structure, like, I don't know what you were trying to say. Like, I sort of got this general nebulous idea, but, like, maybe you should work on communicating whatever it is that you're trying to communicate more clearly. And every time that I've done it, there's always been some part of the verbal presentation that someone's gone, well, I'm not really sure that I get that. Like, what are you, what are you trying to say? <laughs> and force me to sort of go back to the drawing board and say, okay, no, really, what am I trying to say and how do I make that clear um that i think is one of the biggest benefits of barista competition uh you know definitely your process gets a lot better and you get a lot more intentional about it but also you learn very quickly how to communicate ideas about coffee in many fewer and many better words than mm -hmm. you would otherwise have used that's brilliant. And I so think real. for me and probably for you too, Jared, that has bled over into so many different arenas. So one arena would be just your cafe, your everyday customer interaction. <laughs> Someone will ask, you know, whatever question, what does washed coffee mean or what does naturally processed coffee mean? And then, you know, you're on the spot and you can either give them like the 15 minute description or you can deliver them something like this really nice package with a bow tied, tied around it that they understand in a minute and can go on with their day. Yeah, for sure. And then there's the other arena, which would be training and education, especially with yeah. newer baristas. Espresso can be like really intimidating and really scary. And there's always that possibility of too much information or too much information at the wrong time and being able to like give little chunks and nuggets to make people feel like they're learning and progressing has just been key. Yeah, time. for sure. For sure. And I definitely feel like the intersection between that the informational aspect of that and then the level of refinement that you have to take your technique to in order to compete is so great when you're training new baristas being able to communicate clearly and then just not having any wasted steps and mm -hmm. knowing very clearly and very specifically what each step does and how each step affects the final product is so key in being able to teach people how to do it yeah, how much time have we we learned to save? You know, back in the day, we had to figure all that stuff out on our own. And right. it's like, we can save so many people so much time in getting to this level of being able to make pretty amazing coffee at a really young age as far as, you know, yeah. seniority goes. It's yeah. pretty great. And competition definitely has a lot to do with that. In my yeah, mind. it's amazing. It's amazing. Um, I definitely... Oh, go ahead. No, it's cool. You're going. I'll finish. <laughs> I'll finish. It's a slightly uh, different subject. <laughs> right. I definitely think that... I've watched both in my own process and in a lot of people's process across time, uh, all of us sort of learning how to do less. Um, and competition has definitely fueled that for me. You know, you only have so much time, you only have so many movements that you have the time and the space to make in competition. And so every movement that doesn't do a specific thing, you're like, okay, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. And doing that in the cafe all of a sudden cuts your drink times down from like a minute 50 to like, you know, a buck. Yeah, like a minute. Totally. Absolutely. It's insane. And then you know depending on who... Oh, I cut you off. Now, <laughs> I got double cut depending, off. 
depending on who you're talking to or how you're phrasing it, training for competition can also provide like a little bit of a buffer to where you're not just busting someone's balls to bust their balls. There's a score sheet that's backing up everything that you're saying. And you're like, look, you can't, this is wrong. (laughs) These numbers don't add up. Yeah. You're not just being a stickler. Yeah. You're not just being a jerk to be a jerk. I know before I had ever competed, uh, when I was managing, uh, the Equal Exchange Espresso Bar in Seattle, which is my first uh, first specialty coffee job, and uh, shout out to them for giving me all the resources that uh, allowed me to continue to do this for you know what I hope will be the rest of my life. Um, <clears throat> but we printed out the competition tech score sheet, and laminated it, and just pasted it right next to the espresso machine, um, just so that whenever you were standing on the espresso machine, you had this constant reminder of like, here are all the things that you need to do. <laughs> That's actually sick. We should do that. <laughs> Be like, you think you're good? Look at this. Look at this sheet right here. Are you right, really are you, good? <laughs> yeah. Are you doing all of those things every time? And are you doing all those things every time to the level of precision that the score sheet demands? And the answer is for most people, I mean, even for me a lot of the time, like, oh, well, shit, I forgot that step. <laughs> For sure. (laughs) No, I've got way more coffee on the counter than I should have there. That was, we can do better than that. (laughs) That's epic, actually. It's like credo right next to it. Be the best. Be the Uh, best. What I was going to say is, you're talking about training for competition and all the things we've been talking about. You just competed in a slightly different and modified, some would say the plug-in version of the US, or not the USBC, but the regional barista competition because, you know, it was modified. Uh, whether or not we keep that uh, format, I don't remember or know yet if that's if it's staying. Is that is it staying? Do you know? I don't know. I it's still up in the air. Okay, going to look like yet. But what was it like with the changeover? With you know, you were you were serving two judges, and and it was just ten minutes instead of fifteen, and the whole thing was just different. How did it feel? What was it like? It was very intense. Uh, the competition week. I keep wanting to say weekend, and I kept saying weekend while we were there, but it was Tuesday through Friday, so that's not real. Uh, the competition week was very intense. It was very fast-paced. There was a lot going on. There were a lot of us kind of crammed into a relatively small space, uh, and that made it very physically intense and very emotionally intense. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved it. I thought it went really well. I will confess I went into it with some skepticism about a couple of things that were going on, and uh, they ended up being great. It ended up succeeding really beyond anything I could have expected. Um, It was definitely a much stiffer challenge in a lot of ways, Um, because while in presentation time you don't have to have quite the... Uh, sustained level of performance that you have to have in a full 15-minute routine, both in terms of your ability to put information out into the world and your ability to retain your composure, but also in terms of your ability to keep making the coffee taste good across that time frame, you know, across a certain number of shots. Um, It definitely was significantly more challenging and significantly tighter uh, in regards to preparation um, the 10 minute prep time is not very long. Um, and that took a whole different approach. We had to take a whole different approach in training to making the 10 minute prep time work. And then the thing that we didn't really expect to be as big a deal as it was, that was a really big deal was 20 minutes of practice time is not a lot of time. 
No. Uh, <laughs> and it's less time even than you think it is because when you only have 20 minutes, suddenly the like two minutes that it takes you to get all of your stuff placed and like get your scales on and get your, you know, get all the coffee purged out of your grinder and so on and so forth, uh, suddenly is a much larger portion of the time that you have to do all of the work that you have to do with practice time. Um, so it definitely, uh, it definitely forced a much higher degree of precision and a much better understanding of your coffee and of the grinder and of, frankly, the mechanics of espresso extraction than are required when you have half an hour to practice and 15 minutes to get all of your preparation stuff done on stage. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I really felt like that it forced a very high level of work and I actually really appreciated that. Uh, obviously I'm, pretty happy with how our week went. We had a, we had a good week. Yeah. I had a good week as a competitor and we had a good week as a team. Um, uh, Jenna Gotthelf, uh competed for us in Brewers Cup and it was her first Brewers Cup and she did great. She had a great run um, and we're obviously really stoked about that. Um, but it definitely, it forced us to work on an entirely different level. It forced us to understand our coffee on an entirely different level and it forced us to work with all of the equipment and all of the input variables on an entirely different level. So I definitely, I learned more that week than I've learned in a barista competition in years. Well, that's a success. Yeah. Do you feel feel like the general consensus was that it was everybody liked it or was everybody more stressed out and you happen to be the type of person who enjoys the challenge more than others? I feel like... Everyone that I talked to seemed to enjoy it. I don't want to, you know, speak for anybody else. I definitely, yeah. I definitely think everybody was way more stressed out, but that in the end it turned out to be very beneficial. Um, Good job, then, everybody. Yeah. Talk about your dial-in process. So when you show up and you've got, you know, twenty minutes of practice time, do you have? a scripted routine of what's going to happen or what do you do? What's the first thing you knock out? So you show up and obviously the first thing you want to do is make sure that all of the tools that you need are set exactly where you need them as quickly as humanly possible. Uh, that's pretty straightforward. If you've been, you know, training with a relatively sort of competition arena shaped space, you'll have a very clear idea of exactly where everything needs to go. And it's pretty easy to bang that out. Um, and then I'll walk onto that stage with a general idea of what my recipe is going to be. So let's say in, uh, in competition in Kansas city, I walked onto that stage and I knew that on similar hardware. So on the same make and model of grinder and on the same make and model of machine, I was looking for about 21 grams of input. I was looking for about 35 to 36 grams of output, and I was looking for a 26-second extraction, give or take, uh, with that coffee on that day. Um, So then you pull a shot, figure out where it is relative to your set spec, make the adjustments necessary on the grinder to get it into the range of your set spec. And then once you've got it on spec, then you taste the coffee and say, okay, today here with these conditions, is this tasting right? Is it over-extracted? Is it under-extracted? How do I feel about the concentration? And what do I need to make happen in order to make the coffee taste like what I want it to taste like? Uh, it was interesting. Actually, we had 
kind of a rough moment uh, in practice time at qualifiers. We got to the end of the practice time and we were not as happy with the coffee as we might have might have liked to be. Uh, we tasted it and we were tasting it and it was like, okay, the, the general structure of this coffee is here. We feel good about these tasting notes, but it's just not as balanced as we want it to be. The sweetness isn't where we want it to be. It's a little sharp. It's a little hollow. What's going on? Um, you know, we know this coffee was roasted right. We know that it's the same coffee that it's always been. We know this hardware backwards and forwards. Like, what's happening? Is it something with the grinder? Like, what's going on? And we were uh, racking our brains backstage, and it turns out uh, the water that they feed competition machines with is about twice as hard as New York City water. Um, so we're in New York uh, just putting a taste and odor filter on our incoming line, and the water's at like 60 to 80 parts per million TDS, and the competition water was at like 150, 160 parts per million TDS. So uh, so we had to make some adjustments to our set spec pretty much blind on stage, like walk on the stage and went, okay, here's what I think is going to work based on the grinder settings that we had coming off stage. Um, just t- tighten up the grind a little bit or what yeah, you do? Yeah, just a little bit. Just go for a slightly longer extraction. Just develop it a little bit more. Yep. Um, and, uh, and it worked out. Uh, I was, uh, uh, obviously very pleased about that. I was a little surprised about that. I used to sort of go into any unknown situation, especially with a new grinder, sort of assuming that you're going to make this adjustment and like five other things are going to go wrong and you're going to have to like refigure out the entire dial in. Um, but, uh, but it worked out pretty well. The coffee, coffee tasted great. So I think that's great to me when things like that happen, they're the most frustrating thing ever, but they are the things that make the barista competition the most exciting. Yeah, for sure. And for really sure. where you can showcase, like, nobody saw you dialing in that espresso. You know, nobody was right. paying attention during your prep time. But right. that is arguably where you're showcasing, like, a ton of your skill. Oh, it's the most important You know, that's where it's at. Hands down. Like, the competition is won or lost in your 10 or 15 minutes of prep time. Like, that's when the competition happens. And just having that that confidence and that skill to be like, okay, this is not perfect, but I'm going to work my magic because I know how my coffee is going to behave and I've got these years of experience behind me. That's so fun. So cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, it's super rewarding when it works. Yes, it was rewarding to listen to the Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast with Sam Lewontin, part two of a three-part series. It's like Lord of the Rings or Return of the Jedi just is about to start. OMG, you guys. Hey, the Columbia is tasting good on our menu and that Alita is back in action for the subscription lovers. Uh, Again, thank you guys for listening to this show. We love it. And you know what else? Last but not least, those Pullman tampers are going quick. But guess what? We got some more stuff coming in with Pullman. They're our buds now. We got some things lined up. So just stay tuned. I like to hear myself talk. I got to go. All right. Good talk. Good talk.